Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Rob Benoff. And I'm Jeremy Duvall. Welcome. Rob and I, a little while ago, recorded a What's Up in Your Life? Rob and Jeremy slash hobby slash video game slash gratuitous amounts of still in box G.I. Joe figures. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then... I pulled a rookie rookie numbers move, and I did not download. I don't the- know that you did. I, I mean, the reality is that's happened. I think twice in the history of the podcast where we've lost an episode. Lost. We lost the episode. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, alert, we've alert. lost an episode, which is okay. The way I look at it, it was fate. It wasn't meant to be out in the world. So exactly, we're so. back again to give it a, a second go and maybe get people filled in because we've sort of been uh, winding down. The master stuff finally, I think that's completely done, and now we're transitioning. Now it's all about Twilight Kin and Clash of Kings, right? When you don't have a thousand episodes in in the hopper ready to go to release for four, four episodes a week, right? You know, in terms of the podcast, uh, you know, we want to do army reviews, but it's a, this is a dead period for army reviews because there's no point of spending you know twelve plus hours recording, editing, arranging all that to have it be invalidated. Because we're so close to the Clash of Kings, right? And what will typically happen as soon as the Clash of Kings book drops, it's going to put a shot in our arm and we're going to be right back at it. And, uh, you know, I still, uh, Ratkin Slaves is still on the docket, provided they're still in the game. Basilan, we need a new one of those. We need to do an undead one. So there's there's some core armies that need, that need uh, some love that haven't had it in a while. And I'm sure once the Clash of Kings book comes out. And I think now, not only, Rob, if you listen to the TK episode, not only is it do we have the Clash of Kings to look forward to each year. But now we know that Mantic are looking at their established armies and doing deeper resets, right? We saw it in Northern Alliance. Uh, Kyle teased that next year looking for uh, Abyssals maybe. So we're going to see like deeper refreshes of these older armies. There's kind of two ways they're going about it. I think one is the ones that are already Mantic armies, Northern Alliance Night Stalkers this year, they're getting a refresh. But then the ones that are kind of not really Mantic-fied yet, but it's sort of like that. You rip things down to the studs and you rebuild it, which is what they did with Twilight Kin. And there's another army yet to be named, I think, next year that will also be stripped down and rebuilt from the ground up. Yeah, brought under that umbrella, right, of you're not just playing Warhammer with Kings of War rules. You know, you're playing Kings of War with Kings of War. And Kyle's mentioned a couple times next year to look for Trident Realms and Abyss, right? Those are the yeah. two armies that he's mentioned several times that will probably get some love next year a la Northern Alliance slash Night Stalker. And by the way, I love the Twilight Kin episode. I thought Matt Karmic is, 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 a, is a hoot to listen to. And I really liked the in-depth, you know, inside baseball that he uh, shared with us and the listeners. Yeah, I know some people may be expected we talk a little bit more rules or a little bit more hot, secret, juicy, uh, brand new stuff. But going into that episode, we're always we're going to know what the rules are eventually. Right, Rob? It's going to be on yeah. the companion it's going to be in the Clash of Kings book. I would imagine by the time you're listening to this, the rules have already been added to the companion. Yeah, but what we don't get to know, we don't get to have one of the RCs and Kyle, you know, Mantic's, uh, a Mantic sales guy, design guy now. Mm-hmm. We don't get them on the show all the time. So to me, it was more interesting. And, you know, we've talked about doing shows. We do shows based on what we're interested in. It's the only way to stay like authentic to your material. It's how you run events, right? You run yeah. the event you want to attend. So that's the stuff I'm really curious about is like what what goes into their thinking? Why did they design a thing a certain way? So then that way, when the stuff comes out and they're like, well, why did Magic do this or whatever? We've had some conversations about that. This is going to sound weird. I don't seek out information. Like I don't, I don't really care to know early. <laughs> I'll know with everybody else. That's fine. I'll get the book. And I, I like that element of surprise. You know, going through the book and going, huh, what did it do for my salamander? It's like it's like when you don't watch you don't want to watch movie trailers, right? Because you want to go exactly. to the movie. And I just see... want to watch the movie. And in fact, you know, you don't want to see reviews of the movie or any of that stuff because you know, I find, you know, I want to go in with a clean slate and I'm gonna judge it based on my own opinion, right? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. and not be tainted. And not be biased. To your point, it was a great conversation. I liked it a lot. 
And I'm looking forward to, you know, that next step where we do have the rules and we do a deeper dive. And when you see the army out, I think a lot of what, what they talked about in that cast will make more and more sense. I know Kyle released a video, which I've been loving these uh, in lieu of the Mantic blog. Uh, who has the time for a blog anymore? I've loved his short form videos about the design behind Twilight Kin, and today they spoiled a bunch of rules, all the different Corsair flavors. So finally, I can talk about the Corsairs that I've been, which which versions I've been running. So as a longtime Kingdoms of Men player, having a unit that's less than the Pike unit, uh, granted they don't have Phalanx, but are faster elite. My initial reaction was like, oh, I need to look at this a little bit more on paper. It looks interesting. I think what we're going to see, and this is just, again, these are our opinions, not based on anything we know. I wonder if, as they continue to add the newer army design, as they talked about on the show, of being more robust, having more synergies, I think there's going to be de facto, I I hate to use the the trigger word power creep, but I think the armies that do get that Mantic 2.0 polish, I think the armies who haven't gotten that, I think maybe we'll start to see a little divide between those two groups. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? I don't think it's a case of they're going to move some stuff up and some stuff down. I think everything, it's all about a degree of how high things go up. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's going to be some stuff that looks like, wow, that was a big improvement. And people might get concerned that it's too much of an improvement. The Frost Claws, classic example. People are like, oh my God, they're broken. No, they're not broken. (laughs) In fact, you could argue that they're marginally effective. When you play the newer armies, they're so much fun. So I think you're going to see more people playing this. So I'm just saying, I wonder if their brand new, well-designed Northern Alliance, brand new, well-designed Abyssals or whatever. Oh, this army feels like it's way better than generic kingdoms of men. If that's true, is that even bad? I mean, I know they want to try to keep all the armies balanced as much as possible, but I think as you begin to add in more fluff and more flavor to the new armies, they may feel better than the armies that haven't gotten that treatment. It doesn't mean you still can't win with them. And I don't I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing either. I just, I'm curious to see the conversation that evolves around that. Let's just take the Corsairs that they, they talked about today, right? So you've got a, a horde that's 220 points with with the ensnare upgrade. They are speed six, melee four, defense four, 25 attacks, 21, 23 nerve, and elite. And you compare that to Kingdoms of Men, which is 230, so 10 points more. The difference is they get phalanx, but they don't have elite. They're one pip slower. Their nerve is less. You got to look at it in the grand scheme of things. You got to look at internal balance too, right? I always think it's hard to judge one unit from one army that's meant to work within an ecosystem and compare it to a similar unit in a completely different ecosystem. So I think you can draw comparisons sometimes, but I think if you go to that as your, as your golden rule and don't think about also the army with within which the thing you're talking about exists, you can't just go unit to unit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So if you look at it on paper, the new Corsair Voidwalkers are significantly better than the spear phalanx units that, that's been upgraded to Pike hands down. No questions. Because in addition to that, you can spend 25 more points and get a free brew of sharpness on it as well. However, what we don't know is what else is in that list. Yeah. And what role are they going to play? You know? So yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I've been playing it in my test games and I take it with all the toys. That's pretty pricey, right? It's 300 points because I'm giving it hammer of measured force too, because then that gives me a guaranteed hits on uh, threes with elite always wound on fours. And then if you have the navigator nearby, which is another unit they talked about today, I'm giving it vicious. So it's 25 attacks on threes with elite. Yeah. I should mention the, the sphere phalanx from kingdoms of men is actually 30 attacks. These are only 25. So that, that is one more distinction. And the unit becomes 300 points and it's still only defense four. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good segue into something, you know, that I, I have been playing a lot of salamanders lately and I play what, models i like right so because i have a lot of units that they've proven that they're not real effective for the points i love the models they're so elite in some cases and that might be the same thing that we're looking at you know yeah you got a 300 point unit but you know what happens to a 300 point unit dies like everything else <laughs> yeah it's it gets glade stalkered <laughs> exactly, exactly or whatever so, you're gonna shoot at it yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see the rest of the the twilight kin by the time you're hearing this, they should be on companion. So I'm looking forward to, to, to getting some games in and just having a new army that comes in and just twists things around, uh, you know, similar to the Night Stalkers, right? You know, for a long time, you know, Night Stalkers kind of came in and 
threw everything in a you know a monkey wrench into the into the pot, right? Like because now you've got this anti-shooting army, and you know people had to adjust. So I'm looking for the same thing with with Twilight Inn. What have you been up to though? I, it's been a long time. Uh, what, what's been going on in your world? So we had Bay of Kings, which was pretty fun. Uh, same beautiful venue by the the water, uh, just really gorgeous. So we had that. We had a little bit lower numbers this year, and I think that came from a few reasons. It just happened to be some of the local guys couldn't come, and then this person wants to come. But you know, you know how it is. You always have yep. attrition at events. No, it's the way it works. It's the way. So it is. next year, to sort of go against that, we're going to have the date and have it uh, uh, everything solidified a little earlier. That'll help. And then what I'm going to do too is I'm going to get it, I'm going to be in charge of some of the people who want to come helping organize the Airbnb, but mm-hmm. instead of which I've learned, trying to get six five six people to agree on an Airbnb is it's like it's hurting impossible. cats. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do next year is I'm just going to get an Airbnb that can sleep seven people and say, "Hey guys, I because I'll know by the end I'll get it, right? I'll say, I have an Airbnb. This is what it is." It's seven slots. This is how much it is per person. It's first come, first serve. Give me a deposit, and you have one of the slots, and Bob's your uncle. Right, right. To try to facilitate the – because we know in, in California, basically, if you come to our event, you have to fly, basically. Mm-hmm. So we understand that. So we're going to make all your other travel expenses as reasonable as possible. Right. But, um, but Rashad – ah. The cheese master himself. The cheese. He brought the cheese of cheese. He brought the nature cheese. Oh, and did he? How, how, oh, many, how many graders? Only one, but okay. 1995, greater, greater earth, two hordes of earth elementals, and then he has the double casting druid with Shroud of the Saint. So it's heal six. So it's all defense six, and every turn he's healing two units with, with you know, unless you pop. Plus, he does have one greater air. Uh, and one horde of air elementals that he'll fly around. It's just such yeah. a difficult list. Yeah. Uh, and he beat me in the second round. Yeah, we both won our first game, and then I played him in round two. And Rashad is like the man of many faces. He's a man known by many names. You don't quite know for sure which version of Rashad you're going to get at the table. Is he just having fun? Is he just, uh, you know chit-chatting is he still hung over is he alive are you gonna get like the bobby fisher amazing it, it almost depends on what happened the night before that's what i'm telling you i got you know russian chess master rashad and man he kicked my booty oh uh, it was it was brutal and then he beat me so i went to him and i was like rashad if you don't play this way against everyone else and you only play this way against me i'm for real gonna get pissed at you because it's like he only ever tries to win when he plays me. So it's just like, but so he stayed focused the whole event and won. So congrats to Rashad. That's awesome. So with that, I've been working on the Twilight Kin. So getting ready for that, like many people, like many of you counter chargers listening in your covers by with your handheld radio. Uh, right. Yeah. So I've been working on, well, like, what can I work on? I don't have models. So I've been working on my multi, getting all my bases done. Because when I'm thinking then, Rob, if I've done all my bases, then I can put all the base stuff away. It's done. It's all done. So then once the models come in, because I am I am going to make, I am making a pledge that this army will be painted and playing by next fall of next year. By Masters, right? By Masters, yeah. Labor Day weekend next year. And I've been trying to do Twilight Kin now for a couple editions. And especially to Rob, when I took my base aliens trademark. Basalia. To... Bay of Kings. It's the same list that I played two some odd years ago. And what I noticed is all the other lists have gotten better and my list is still the same. So it was a little knife to a gunfight and I'm like the closet super competitive guy on the inside. And so I'm just like, screw this. I got I got to bring a better army, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, so I dusted off the Salamanders and been playing the crap out of them. I've really, it's really been a nice shot in the arm. I think one of the things I'm finding is what I had painted. I painted because I liked them. They, they're not always effective. And uh, my, my normal sparring partner, Brian, uh, has been playing a lot of Northern Alliance lately and a crap ton of shooting. So that's kind of changed my my approach a little bit, you know, because I'm I, so I've had to pack the mage in there with Veil of Shadows and 
the, the stuff that you would do, right, to protect yourself from from the shooting. You know, I figured out his army, and we, we I, I started to swing in my way. You know, now that I kind of know how the you know the pack hunters, the glade stalkers, uh, the frost claws, whatever he's taken. But then he he threw me a curveball on Wednesday. He brought Basilean, the classic. Here's all my defense five stuff backed up by a phoenix. Both special characters. He brought a dragon and. Literally, like, my hammers punched him in the face, and they laughed. And they were like, oh, Iron Resolve, heal, 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 Blah. At Adepticon this year, I took the, the classic four hammers, so two tyrants and, and two rhinosaur cavalry. The reality is, point for point, those are not great. The tyrants, you can make an argument that they're still okay at, the, you know, uh, at 30 attacks, but there's no way the rhino cav are worth it because at 250 points and only speed seven, you know, they only have the crushing one. So, yes, they get one turn where they punch. But then on the counter, on the counter, I know they're dash eighteen. Do they have wild charge or no? They don't. They're straight up fourteen. Oh, yeah, that's the unit that you think would have wild charge, just from its like the feel of it. Yeah, right? Shout out to just direct misfire. They did a really great job uh, going through the good armies recently, and kind of what what would they do? And they did mention that the, my, my rhino cav needs some needs some love. So what I've done recently is I've dropped one unit of rhino cav, and I've really it's a, almost a different list. Um, the big change is I, I went ahead and I bit the bullet and, and I, I'm rocking the ceremonial guard horde now. Oh, that's how is that? Is that's like really? I love that unit. It's fun, and so the, and I've added a second phoenix, uh, and I've added our tackle. Uh, why I waited so long to our tackle? <laughs> so she good. is the goddess. I mean, if I wasn't married, I, I, would, your, I would marry she's her. Your she's your special lady now. <laughs> oh my god, she's amazing. Like yeah. just, I mean, the piercing two against monsters and titans catch people out. The fact that she's got duelist. So, oh, you left that little mage out there? Bloop. I'm going to get you, buddy. Um, she, yeah, she's, and she's beat seven. Like, she's great. So I've got one ancient phoenix now and one baby phoenix. But the ceremonial guard, you know, uh, I, I've tried it in a lot of different ways. And this is going to sound crazy. But what I've been rocking lately is crystal pendant and retribution on it. So oh, nice. I basically throw it out there. I'm like, it's going to take like two or three units to knock this thing out, you know, with, with phalanx and defense five. When it works, it's it's laughable. Like he sent uh, two Huskarl <laughs> regiments into it and a cavern dweller and knocked it out and then took uh-huh. like nine damage on each unit or something stupid, <laughs> right? Like it was great. That's cool. Problem is we were just talking about that. It's a 300 plus point unit that's dying. I, I'm probably going to go back to being cheap and just, you know, I, I tried it with Brewer's Sharpness. You know what? You're hitting on threes with 20, with 30 attacks, whatever. Ah, you're crushing one. Yeah. You know, if I look at the list, it's it's a horde of rhino, it's a horde of rhino cab, two tyrant hordes, uh, a horde of scorch wings, a lachilodon, an ancient phoenix, a regular phoenix, uh, a mage uh, with uh, with veil and fireball and heal, um, and then it's got what else has it got? Uh, the ceremonial guard horde. It's got our tackle, a battle captain on rhinosaur, and a sky lord. It's only got twelve units, so it's not. It's I mean, not a crazy fine. amount. Yeah. It's it's got 20 plus like use range. But what I'm finding is it it it's there's some armies that just beat me up real bad, right? The real shooty armies, even with Veil, it's like, you know, if I can't if I can't deliver my hammers. So my, my problem is the army doesn't have enough chaff. So I don't know. One of the things I've started to do is the first time I've ever done that. I'm taking Scrying Gem now just to try and all right, deploy, you nice. know, trying to get I have so few units, I'm like, all right, well, you're gonna have to lay some stuff down. I think that's one an item that we sort of use it as a joke sometimes but i think there still is some value depending on what type of army you have to have that information ahead of time yeah and my army is such a hammer i've got to deliver the hammers where they need to be and preferably i want to have the ceremonial guard where they need to be right i want them to be in front of cavalry right yeah so and like i said i've been playing a lot of northern alliance mixed in with little eod uh, I, we had a one day tournament, got to play some ogres and some other stuff. It was a lot of fun. You know, life wise, it's been crazy here. So we decided that we were going to completely gut our bath, both bathrooms at the same time. <laughs> it was like, a, I don't know, three weeks of me living like a hobo. That's finally done. A little other bad news. We had to put our dog of almost 17 years down. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah, it was rough. That's the third dog. That's the last dog, too. It kind of made it even worse, right? Like we had three. I'll be honest with you, my action figure collecting is out of control. Uh, it's actually cutting into my uh, my space to the point where I had to like. You gotta have an intervention. I, I had to have a talk, talk with my daughter. I said, "Okay, Aubrey, you have a paint station. If you are not going to use the paint station, it is going to be removed." And my figures are gonna go there. And my figures are gonna go there. 
she she was great negotiator. She talked me out of it. It did move. It's now in front of the window. So figures did end up going where her station was, but it still survived the the calling. You mentioned work. Work for me has just been crazy. I'm on a big project. It's kind of winding down. And so now the my team and, and I are like, okay, what's life going to be like after this project? But hobby wise, you know, circling back to the salamanders, you know, I'm going to the Michigan GT this Friday, taking Sally's. The army is 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 a fun army to play. It's fun to play against. But, you know, I have no delusions that I'm going to win this thing, given the quality of player that is showing up. I mean, you've got Omaha, Minnesota, Ohio. Yeah, Michigan GT starting to become a little event there, Rob. 30 plus right now. And I, well, you got like the Jeff Shilkins and the Adam Ballers and the Travis Timms, the Kyle Pools and the Eric Trowbridge. And now we got Andy down here. Andy Patton is kicking ass and taking names, dude. Like he's, he's legitimately a great player. Uh, and we have another guy, Jeff. So the three of us are making the pilgrimage up, stay at Mama Faneuf's house and uh, nice. have her feed us breakfast and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, I kind of was getting a little nervous. I'm like, I knew I couldn't just take my Adepticon list because, you know, Corey Reynolds, I call him Novocaine because he made it painless, but I had scars. I have scars, right? Like it was rough. Like he really did me over in a good way to show me that, like, you know, these things are probably not uh, like the Rhino Cab. I still have one unit because I love the models, but it's, you know, the speed, the speed uh, 14 is what does not man. So I, I have brew a haste on mine, but even that, 250 point plus unit man it's a lot man that's what i'm telling you like that those void walkers are great but when you have 300 points in one unit it's absolutely tough. absolutely so for what i had to do though i had a lot of hobby stuff to get ready for and man you know when you get into that focus you're like head down let's do this totally i totally know when you you get, the, you get that energy and and you know you got to ride that pony, right? You're like, I got to do as much as I can right now because I'm really motivated. I, I went backwards this time. I, I rewarded myself. I painted our tackle. I was like, look, I hadn't painted in, a, in, a, in about a month. I was like, you know what? Let me get my bro- let, let me get my uh, my Raphael's out. Let me whip yeah, them out uh-huh. there because yeah. I'm on that train now, baby. I, I'm on I'm on the Raphael. Because oh, you, you got some of the eight four zero fours. Exactly. Aren't they just the best brush? They're high quality, dude. And even yeah. when like one is dying. Because I mean, mine are like my number two is starting to show its age, dude. Because like I painted a lot, like yeah. three or four hundred models with it, dude. Like it's it's a lot. I really pumped some stuff out of that. It's starting to lose its tip a little bit, but you know what? Yeah. It's still good. It's still functioning. You know, it was like twenty bucks versus whatever. The Windsor Newtons are like over thirty now. So yeah, if you're listening and you want to to transition to a art like a high level brush, it used to be the Winsor Newton Series Seven. The, the sun has set on those quality control problems too, right? I've had so many; they're just they were garbage. But there is the Raphael eight four zero four. It's a Kalinsky sable brush. The number two. It's your workhorse, dude. I I, I mean, I paint like eighty percent of it. Yeah, eighty to ninety percent of the model is that one brush. So I use that almost the entire time, right? You know what I use for eyes? This is going to sound crazy. I use a number three Windsor Newton. It's my eye brush. That is that is crazy. That, it's the tip it's is just nuts. so perfect. But it is, it's got, I don't use it for anything else. It's got yeah. a perfect point because I'm in there dotting the people, yeah. you know, making uh, it, it's funny. But, you know, I, cool. I have the one and the zero. That's pretty much all I use, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I paint most of the model with a two. I might pull out a zero or a one if I had, like, I can't reach something. The two yeah. is too big. But you know what? 90% of the time, that's all I use. But yeah, so I painted our tackle first. I made a rookie mistake. I didn't read the list. I put her on a 25. Like, oh, she's heavy. She's large or heavy infantry, she, right? No, she's not. She's not heavy infantry. Oh, she, right. so you did the, the the opposite of what you. Yeah, so I did the opposite. So I'm like, oh, I oh, guess yeah, I have just, to. She's just regular infantry. Yeah, she's just regular infantry. So I rebased her, which is cool. Came out good. Uh, oh. And then then I started it on the ceremonial guard, and uh, you know, like you, I, I did the base first, and then I just I just went to town, dude. I, I had, you know. I had over the years, I had per- like every time I got a like a coupon code or something, I, I bought ceremonial guard bits. So I had like 30 plus dudes and I just lit it up, dude. I just, I don't know, there's 30 guys on there or whatever. And I added some croc dogs, which I'm rocking as ember sprites. I had some extras, so I've tied them in to kind of make the units match. And then I've got a uh, rather than have a uh, Battle captain on foot. I just put the battle captain in the unit. Kind of looks cool. And then I took an extra uh, banner uh, torch from the tyrant unit and made a big giant flaming tower thing. Um, so yeah, the ceremonial guard looks great. I love the models; they're really great. And I, you know what? I actually enjoy using it. It kind of harkens back to the kingdoms of men. It's that one. It's that one unit. Like I, I, in the right situation, I'm like, 
cool. Charge me. Yeah, it's a brick house. You're like, come, come at me, bro. Yeah. It has died in one turn. But with the Crystal Pendant, you're, you're, you're rubbing your hands. Like, they're thinking about it. They're like, well, like in the last game on Wednesday, even though I lost, he was like, I don't want to stick three units into this thing. I'm going to stick <laughs> one in, and I'm going to try to grind it down. Right? And then you're and like, then, and just like one unit died in the Crystal Pendant. <laughs> Yeah, but the crystal pen has been great because when it blows up, you know, you can't overrun. Yeah. And so that puts things in position for my second wave, you know, of the rhino cab. And, the, and I've been running Meat of Madness on one of the, the tyrant hordes. I'm loving yeah. getting out there as quickly as I mean, you got to. They're freaking defense four. They died to a stiff breeze, man. Yeah, those need to get in the combat. Painted that. And then and then I, I had to paint a second Phoenix and I went a different route. I, I followed Rick from Dead Zone podcast. He took the Armada phoenix and he scaled it up and so i did the same thing and had mike printed at the store oh that's cool that's, a, that's a, a cool idea yeah and i mounted it on like textual element that it's tied into the rest of the army oh and first time i did not paint the flames by hand airbrush baby oh guess what i used for the first time this last weekend Rob? what's that my airbrush oh that's nice isn't yeah, that nice? So I am entering i'm entering the airbrush world i've got to the point now with the airbrush that i don't clog it all the time so like it can sit there for weeks and weeks and weeks and it's always ready to paint. And the trick that I found is don't use paint. <laughs> like don't gum it up. Give it some fresh stuff, put the medium in, really thin it out and you're fine. And after I've learned that lesson, it was it was a it was a godsend. You know, and then occasionally maintain it, right? Like take it apart, lube it up, all that. With all that done, I even had time to work on the display board because one of the problems I have, Jeremy is uh, the army has units that are built into the buildings. What do you do if you don't have two rhino cab hordes? You have empty space. Pull one of them out and you got a big giant piece of the building missing. I've had to like do some do some finagling there. What I did do is I, I finally I had all these trees. You know, I, I'm a train guy, so I have I have all these I have all these palm trees that I bought from China for like 10 cents on the dollar. I just took a bunch of them. I based them on an MDF circle base. And now I've got like 10 stands of trees that I, that I've now put on the display board to really add that, like, really, that was what made the display board pop now. You know what? I was going to tell you, it seems like a small thing, but that's actually the best thing I've, I've, are my favorite thing you've done lately is adding those things. It, it completely changed the, the whole thing. It adds like organic nature, the, the vegetation, right? It just looks like a village now. Like, yeah, you're going to have trees on the edge of a river. And it really, I th- I'm really excited about it. And, I put them on bases so that if I want to use them as terrain, I can, I can just put them on a, an area template and, and use them. So I did that. Uh, and so really the army is done. The one thing I still have to do, or I would like to do, I would like to have a cart to, to haul this big ass display board around. I went out today looking for a cart. Now my display board is 24 inches wide by 18 inches deep. And I have designs to go 24 by 24, like another six inches on the front, like a big river section for me to buy a cart that, that, that would hold it. It's stupid big. It was obnoxious, like to the point where I'm like, I can't even get through the aisle. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I don't know. I, Figure something out. I'm going to, I've decided this weekend I have like a, a cart or like a rack that I built for streaming. I might repurpose it. Oh, that's a, that's an idea. Huh? You know, rip it apart and see if I can repurpose it and make something mount like a piece of plywood on the top and make like a custom cart. Yeah, I want one because to be fair, this display board is freaking heavy. <laughs> uh, it's you know it it's not insanely big, but it's pretty wide and it's got all these buildings. And now I've got all these things that are juggling, you know, I'm always nervous, right? Cause you know, they're, they're, they're integrated to the, the roofs in the front of the buildings. So like, they're not just going to tip over, but you know, if it's on a cart, I would be a little bit less leery. And the trees, uh, two drunk dudes could just wrestle right near you out of nowhere. And Absolutely. you know what I mean? So having some security like that is not a bad idea. One unfortunate thing that did transpire with the salamanders is my army got big enough that it no longer fits in the medium-sized battle foam case. So that was a hard discussion with the wife. I'm like, yeah, I need another 400 bucks to buy a another full-size battle foam rolly suitcase. <laughs> because the 17 I have right now are not the exact size, right size, honey. So I'm up to three of the big ones, three of the medium ones, and one of the small ones. Logically, that's really stupid. I should have probably just built like a piece of furniture at the house but you know what it, it, there's something to be said with like oh i'm playing kingdoms of men i just grab the kingdoms of men bag or the ogre bag or the salamander bag or the goblin bag off the shelf and go i don't have to like repack anything they're always ready to rock and roll so 
I spent a lot of money on hobby or a lot of money and time on hobby the last. Uh, what have you been working on? I mean, Twilightkin, right? That's your main focus right now. Yeah. So I've been doing the bases and that's drilling the holes for the six millimeter, the six by three millimeter magnets that I embed in my MDF bases. I get my MDF bases from uh, brush for hire. They're a little bit thicker than the Ironheart Artisans bases, which I prefer so that you can have the, the magnet inset. So I've done all that. I've actually been doing terrain, as some people have seen, working. I'm going for a North Africa Mediterranean vibe because the army I picked is going to be Greek theme. Oh, neat. Like have a lot of ancient Greek elements in it. North Africa makes sense because that was part of the Hellenistic world, you know, so I can have desert, but with some grass. So it's like desert grassy. Maybe I'll do like a, a ocean water near one. So I, I think like a North African desert ocean Mediterranean Greek vibe. That's the, that's what I'm going for. I like it. So I ordered um, a bunch of pillars and stuff from Etsy. Uh, so, but you know, uh, so I never know what to expect from Etsy. No, because you don't, you can't tell sometimes the scale. You get it and it's like super big. Yeah, super I don't small. know. I know it's resin printed. It's not MDF, so it's going to be of good quality. And he had a picture of like a kind of a, a what scale, but I'm hoping that they're big because I'm going, I am trying to do my, you know, summon my inner Scott Holcomb with this army. You maybe remember one more thing. So Michigan GT has a chariot that you have to bring. And dude, I rack my brain. I'm like, what am I going to do for a chariot? There's no chariot in the list. So it's not like I can paint a chariot and now it's useful. For, I, I, I'm i never a big fan of painting off a, a one-off thing. For, for just like a tournament, like you're never going to use it again. I totally hear you, dude. Yeah, unless it's like an individual, that's fine. But like, I don't want to paint like a unit and be like, I can't use it. So I rack my brain and, and I, I came up with something. I was like, oh, this is going to work. So I took the Dam Buster bottle, you know, the big Trident Realm frog, right? with the with yeah. the rider mm-hmm. on. I didn't use the rider. Talk about a waste of money, but I don't care. It's what I wanted. So I, I took one of the, the Gekatoa from the Salamander Slasher that's hanging off the side and I mounted him on top of he's kind of like surfing. He's kind of riding the back of the Dam Buster. Oh, that's cool. And I mounted him on a 50 and then I built a special base that'll let the 50 drop in and make it into a chariot. So for the event, it's a chariot and my thought process is you know, I already have two battle captains on Rhinosaur, but I could use another one if I want, or I could maybe Commodon, right? It's a monster, so I could maybe use this as a Commodon. I wanted them on a 50 so that I could maybe repurpose them for something else later. Okay. That was a lot of fun because I, I I channeled my inner Chris Walsh. Yeah. Lots and lots of washes and colorful washes. So I went in there and did like, you know, a dry brush of greens and stuff. And then I just went to town with like the purples and the blues and just just to try to like bring out the color a little bit. Yeah, he likes a very, he paints in a very like prismatic color palette. Every time I see it, I think of the Dark Crystal. Exactly. That's what I, what I think of when I see it. I see the Dark Crystal. You don't ever have a hobby thing that you're like, I think this is going to work. And then it does. And you don't have any like go backs. Like it literally goes from beginning to end, comes out the way it looked in your mind eye when you begin. Oh, isn't that the best? It's when the you, best. When it looks to you as you hoped, imagined it would look. Everybody needs a Billy Smith in their life. As soon as that happens, I'm going to be like, look at this, Billy. And Billy's like, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. You know, yeah. it's always nice to get some reassurance and some positivity. Totally. You know, because if you spend, you know, a couple days on something and then it still works, it's like, oh yeah, I still got it. I, I'm excited about the Salamanders though. I, I still have a bunch of fire elementals that I want to paint. I don't care if they're good. I want to paint them greater elementals. I got a bunch of the unblooded conversion kits. I've got a, I've got a slasher. I want to paint. I got to figure out how to do ancients. I'm thinking just maybe the basic salamander troop, and then maybe give them like age, an age look like, but maybe like a white faded scale color with like some sepia washes on it. And those, that that's the defense six regiment, right? That it inspires. Yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking like, is it time? I mean, I have a set, I have a night stalker army literally built downstairs except for the new stuff ready to go. And I'm like, you know what? I've been liking the salamanders, man. I think I'm going to stay on that train. What about you? What, what else has been going on with Twilight King? As what I can say, that's been released so far. I have the infantry horde for the void, void walkers done. I have the stuff built for the impalers, uh, getting the impalers ready. You know, they're going to be monstrous infantry. So I had to redo, I had made a large infantry base for them. So I got that ready to go. And then it's just like getting my basing ready. You know, I'm going to be using the same color scheme that I had going for my Twilight Kin before. So it's going to be uh, that that teal triad that's your flame teal. It's the triad that we love. 
I can't speak highly of, of those colors. Yeah, it's a really great triad for like aqua or like uh, ocean green. So I have that. And then I have black, red, and ivory and gold are, is my color scheme. Very Peloponnesian. Yeah, and that's that's the whole vibe I'm going for. It. Exactly. I pre-ordered from my local hobby. I, this shows you. That's like, so amazing. Uh, is that the caboose? The loose caboose, baby. The loose caboose. I'm getting a regular army and a mega army. I think both those together will pretty much give me, you know, give me everything that I need. It's a good shot in the arm. It's going to have give, give you all the basic stuff you need. That's what I'm thinking. And... I'm also thinking about, I don't know, I'm so crazy because I want them and then I'm, I'm waiting to make sure they're going to get it on time because I might pre-order an ambush starter set also from uh, Chris Fisher. But I usually get all my stuff from him, so I don't want to leave him totally out of the uh, let's get Jeremy's money party. And he's really great about getting stuff quick. I like it. I know he always gets me stuff super fast, so it's I really want to hit the ground running. And the ambush kits, you, you can never have enough ambush kits because the ambush kit's always going to give you stuff other than the ogre kit. Because if you're running ogres and you don't really want goblins, okay, I get that. But like the goblin kit, I don't know how many... Oh, ambush kits i've bought in maybe five or six i mean i don't know i mean you can't have enough goblins and you certainly can't have enough mincers i mean that's what makes sense to me it just makes sense some of these are really good just that just to have it event wise i we got the michigan gt coming up in a couple days uh and then november i got the forge gt i'm really excited about that and then i'm starting to plan for next year uh, obviously akon is a definite for me i had such a good time last year it would be really hard for it, it would be very difficult for me to skip Adepticon again. Yeah, Adepticon to me is now like a almost unless there's something tragic, it's a every right. year event yeah, for yeah. me. And I should mention uh, the narrative event that we're planning for 2024 is the planning has been going great. We have the basic story arc written. You know, we, we kind of know what the plot's going to look like, and now we're trying to apply the mechanics. And so we're trying to make sure that we're able to replicate the story on the table using, you know, Kings of War, Ambush, Armada. I, and actually, I'm really pushing the team to see if we can maybe squeak a little bit of Vanguard in there. Not a lot, but, you know, if somebody shows up and says, hey, I would like to play Vanguard at least a couple times. Great. Let's find an opportunity. Because what's interesting is a lot of times uh, what we found is that what we were writing up and the scenarios we were creating for, for Ambush, you could do it with Vanguard as well. A slightly smaller scale you know, in terms of the size of the table and stuff, but yeah. you could kind of do it. This it, You could do it that way. There are certain parts of the story that it makes more sense that it should be, you know, as, as Ronnie has dubbed it fantasy black ops. Right. Uh -huh. So I'm, I'm really, really, really excited about uh, what we've got coming and we should have something announced soon. And I think the next thing for us is we really got to reach out to the community and find out what time of year, I think we're leaning towards the summer, you know, July, maybe generally, you know, people have more time off. I know there's certainly the potential for family trips and stuff. You know, that's what we're leaning towards. So I think there'll be a discussion there on, on our Facebook page in the near future about, hey, what time of the year should we put this thing on? And, you know, we're going to be looking in. This is probably an important thing I should mention is we don't want you just to show up. We want you to invest. We want you to we want we want the faithful to show up. Right. And we want you to, like, really buy off on what we're what we're putting down, which is it doesn't matter if you win or lose. We're here to tell a story, right? And we want you to be part of that story and the story will unfold almost like a tr the way it's sort of set up. It's, it's, it's almost like a choose your own adventure, right? And that's the, if you remember international campaign day, there's some elements that harkens back to that where you can zig or zag, right? You can go down the left or you can go down the right tunnel. So a little kind of choose your own adventure almost. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. You know, podcast wise, you know, we're back on the horse. You know, I love Matt's uh, next inst additional installment on, you know, reimagining Panathor. I thought that was great. Loved, like I said, I love, love, love the Matt Carmack, Kyle Prezelinski uh, chat with you on Twilight Kin. People probably heard the chat that, that I, that's like, what is this, like five or six months in the making. You know, I met Bill at Adepticon and we have been talking all summer. And, you know, he had a wedding. I had construction in the house and just, it just, it took us a long time, but I was really glad to finally get it. It, it really reminded me a lot of my my conversations with Kawe over the years with, with failure miniatures. You could really feel the the passion, the love, and, and a sort of like I call it like a historical love. Like they don't just love it now; they've loved it as it's gone through all these changes. You know, absolutely. I mean, he's been gaming since the seventies, right? Like, I mean, the guy's got a wealth of knowledge. So, looking forward to getting him back on the show to, to talk some more. 
we're behind. Let's just be honest on the Mantic Army Challenge. We have not done the uh, the, the live stream for August or September yet. We'll probably do a, a monster one like the first week of October and we'll hit both of them. And we'll do our prize draws for those then. And my partner in crime, Trent, you know, has had some stuff going on. So been real busy lately. So we couldn't we couldn't do it. But I think I'm hoping that we're going to get a window here that we can jump back on and do a massive live stream where we hit August and September, review all the great hobby progress that the community has pumped out and pick a couple winners for uh, August and September. So looking forward to that. We're kind of been talking a little bit. There's been some asking for and maybe a lack in the marketplace for a crossroads style team tournament, but in the Western area. Mm. You know, so people have uh, suggested of maybe getting a team tournament, and there's been a lot of talk over the years about getting getting Kings of War at LVO, maybe, or uh, yeah, doing some sort. So we're we're thinking about that and maybe adding that style of event to our schedule. It hasn't been an LVO in a long time, right? I can't remember. It had it was there one year, I think, but. But and people really like that style, so that could be fun to do like the that not the doubles, but like the team tournament. I mean the doubles are fun too, but they're a different they're a different animal. A the, different the, the team event like ETC style or ATC style where you're where you're deploying matchups and, and people are bringing different armies to fill different roles. A different element than the doubles event where it's really more about you going with your mate and just having a good time. Yeah, lots going on. What have you been you been watching anything good on TV? Yeah, I've been I've been watching both the Wheel of Time adaptation on Amazon and I've been watching like that big fan of those books as many of you know a lot of the people in fantasy and in Kings of War Keith Randall we were doing some episodes on unplugged about reading the wheel of time but they've decided with the TV show to make the choice of we're not even going to really attempt to follow the books which is can be okay right but can be if they tell if they tell a compelling story yeah if it's good what they're saying uh or what there's you know and, and you can try to do the character you know how do i show you the character of this you know character it's just horrible but how do i show you like the 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 who this character is and it doesn't have to necessarily be by a scene from the book you can show it in other ways but so it's been real up and down for me because they're just doing their own thing but i have also been watching the ahsoka which i think is amazing I think it's 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 been compelling. I would have actually rather they just done another season of Rebels. Yeah, because I mean it is Rebels season five. All the characters are animated, right? Are all from the the the, the Rebels cartoon. You know, okay. Let me say this: it was started off rough for me, but it, it's kind of got its legs under it now. I think I really like the, the Balin character. I, I'm a big fan. He's really great. Well, I love him from Rome. He was also Firefly in the GI Joe movies. He's the best Punisher ever made. And the great great actor. Yes, and he was finally getting some like uh, uh, on the radar street cred, you know. Uh, but I mean, I think it's been really great. I think the episode where they showed some of the spoiler alert Clone War stuff, but in live action, I thought was really cool. They went into the veil and stuff. It was cool, right? Like, and, and you know, and, and I'm not knocking it. I like it. I mean, I'm watching every episode. Uh, just the beginning was a little bit like, okay, we're going to find a map and we're going to look for the bad guy in the map. You know, like I've been down this road before and I get it. It's it's a it's a fine line between giving people fan service and giving something what people don't expect, right? Um, so yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed. It. It's like Andor. I I really liked Andor. Yeah, Andor is great. I know a lot of people didn't watch it. It was a slow burn. Well, I grew up in the era like I read all the Timothy Zahn books when they first came out. One of my critiques: the guy playing Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's got too big of a paunch, dude. I'm sorry. He's too fat. <laughs> he, he's in my mind, and in the Rebels snug. cartoon, this dude is like, he is skinny. So I don't know. But yeah, it's a great show. And, and I think it, it's just now getting good. I don't know how many more episodes they have. I'm really excited about one more. There's there's the next week is going to be the final episode. Yeah. When you're hearing this, we will have just watched the conclusions of the season. I'm saying now I'm really excited about that last episode. I, I'm, I'm hoping they 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 drive it home you know, really well and uh, set it up for a, for, for a future. I will say, I, I don't know how optimistic I can be because they, you know, they, they've been talking about the Nielsen ratings and it got beat by reruns of big bang theory. Like I just, I'm just like, I don't, are people watching it? I, I mean, I'm watching it every week. I mean, I think it's been at some of the better television, star Wars television, but I love all the Dave Filoni stuff. So Andor's been my favorite. Ahsoka has been my, probably my second favorite. 
Obi-Wan, uh, not, not, not a big fan. And I would say that there's parts of Mandalorian that are the best, but then there's some stinkers. The first two seasons were fantastic. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I'm off the Mandalorian train now. Uh, but you know, another show I've been watching, which I'm addicted to, is Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, I've I've seen the the trailer or the show, uh, commercial, or whatever. But I'm doing. Yeah, so they're in season two now, and it's just it's just it's reality TV about this celebrity, you know, owning a professional Welsh soccer team. Uh, and I did watch this, the Flash movie. What did you think of the Flash? Now I thought it was okay. Um, yes. I didn't think it was horrible, like how it bombed. No, it wasn't horrible. But you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say something that's probably controversial. I didn't, I didn't hate Shazam two or Black Adam. Like I thought they were okay. I mean, I mean they are what they are, right? Like they're comic book movies. Like I'm not expecting Gone with the Wind. No, I mean, yeah, I thought it had some scenes there. You know, I mean, I was born in 19, and I, I mean, I was born born in 1980, and you're around that a little, you know. Yeah, so the 1989 Batman. That's my Batman. That's my Batman. Yeah, that's my Batman. (laughs) And the fact that it was like they they sort of they have that multiverse. So you've got multiple Batmans. It it was cool. It was cool. I didn't hate it. And I'm actually looking forward to Aquaman 2. I I I liked Aquaman 1 a lot. So, you know, and I like Jason Momoa. I think he's awesome. His Conan was great. I loved his Conan movie. Looking forward to that. And then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We haven't talked in a while. Big fan of that movie. And, you know, Blue Beetle didn't hate that either. I, I thought okay, it was, that I haven't seen yet. I, I, I like the Blue Beetle. I, I like the, the references to the 80s. It had like a whole, you know, color palette and soundtrack. The art sort of the feel of the of, of it. You like. Yeah, it, it gave me a vibe, which is cool. I liked it. You know, I think some people are holding things to a higher standard. It's like, yeah, it's you know, I had a friend one time and said, look, you're just watching a movie. Take reality, put it in your hand, and throw it over your shoulder. So next on the thing, I'm going to Refugees of the Old World. That's coming up, right? Yeah, yeah so it's October 13, 14. It's a little bit of a weird thing because the, the the place where all the college kids go over there, Rob, I forget what it was called, but I was there. I was like walking down the street. I was like, wow, man, that corner is really hopping. And it was like kids and a DJ and lights, and it was the frozen yogurt bar. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> that's like, these are like, it's a dry county. So we're going to that. It's going to be super fun. I'm going to do the same thing I did, not last year, but the year before, where I drove to Reno, and then we drove together. Uh, Nick has a, a van. Does he live down by a river? He does not live down by the river. Funny story. I'm watching Anchorman last night, and I hadn't seen that movie in a long time, but there were some references that I remember you bringing up on the show, and I didn't catch the reference at the time. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Oh, yeah. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> so I just started laughing hysterically. I was like, it wasn't that funny. It's like, yo, you don't get it, Aubrey. I finally got the joke. When he's doing his vocal warm-up, you know, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, my God. That movie is just, it's just, I mean, it's one of the better ones. I mean, Step Brothers. San Diego. It's hard to beat Step Brothers, right? Like it's just yeah, it's but so it's insane. I mean, it's yeah. really good. Another show I've been watching uh, is Winning Time, which is about the the Lakers dynasty. Yes, you're right. Oh, really good. Really great. Obviously, it's a little bit of a Homer show for me in the sense that I grew up in Lansing, Michigan, the home of Irvin Johnson. He went to Lansing Everett, which was Lansing Sexton, where I went rival. Obviously, he was older than me. I mean, he won the national title of Michigan State in 1979, so I'd have been six. So it was really great. And Adrian Brody really brought it. Um, he was great as, as Pat, Pat Riley. Riley. Yeah. John C. Riley as the owner, Jerry Buss. Was also great. Amazing. Amazing. Like, yeah, it just, it, they, they've got a second season out now. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's, you know, it's got They've got villains and heroes in this thing. You've got the Larry Bird, you've got the Urban Johnsons, you've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so you know Dr. J. There's a lot of big personalities, you know, historical personalities from from basketball. Granted, it's historical fiction. You know, they do that. It's based on a story, but it's not really the story, right? Yeah, but it's great. It's a lot of fun. Inspired so, by, right? Inspired, exactly. I think they took some heat in the first season where they did, they didn't uh, say that, and like, well, okay. It's a good show, and they do really interesting things with the the texture and quality of the film. Well, they make they give you that eighties vibe, or even when it was in the seventies, they give you the seventies vibe. Yeah. The music, the soundtrack is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, I am watching that show as well. That's that's oh, and then I just finished the second season of The Bear. That's a restaurant show. Yes, it is really good. You know what I started last night is the One Piece. Now I have no attachment to the, the anime to the anime at all but my daughter and i are like flipping i'm like i don't know she's like i don't know i'm like you know what screw it we're on netflix 
let's just watch this. It was freaking good. I was like, okay, we're watch, we'll, we'll watch one tonight, but this weekend we're going to binge it. Cause I was like, this is, this, I like this. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. It looks, I mean, I guess the people, I'm not a fan of that anime either. And I have not watched that show. Never watched the anime ever. I think people, the anime fans are happy with the show so far. Unlike Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah. Well that came and went, that came and went real quick. This one, it's got crazy views. Like it's the top of the list and everybody seems to like it. So it's well regarded by both the anime fans and just streaming folks alike. Oh, you know what else I've been getting into watching for some, uh, it's going to make no sense. I like weird things. I like watching weird sports on YouTube. Like if it's an obscure sport or like a ESPN eight, the Ocho, uh-huh. you know, stuff like that. I don't know what it is. I just like that stuff. So I've been watching world championship backgammon. You and Eric Trowbridge would get along well. Oh, is he a backgammon fan? Yeah. And I've just been really like like getting so I know all like the the stars of the backgammon world now for some reason. I don't know. It's like soothing to me. I thought you were gonna say I've been watching cornhole or something. No, no, no. That uh and I also like a bowling, but like British bowling, where it's kind of like bocce ball a little bit, but they bowl on like a a grass or like a it's like a small ball and they're trying to roll their ball to be closest to the small ball as possible. It's kind of like a shuffleboard, similar, but I've been, it's like a, I guess it's a Matt Crozier. Maybe the, they have it on the, the prison too. So I don't know. Well, obviously football season is in full effect and uh, my Lions destroyed the Green Bay Packers last night in Lambeau Field. So that was great. Sports ball. I haven't been in the football in a bit. Is your team good? The Lions are good. Uh, Michigan State is kind of imploding and I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get into it. I hear the Lions and I think Barry Sanders. That's like like my era. Barry's the man. Is he like worshipped there? Like here, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana are like worshipped. Yeah, he is. They just, ironically, they just put up a statue of, of Barry in front of Ford Field. Okay. <laughs> like the Rocky statue of Barry Sanders. Yeah, it's, it is like a big bronze thing. It's crazy just really focused on getting the twilight can ready i've been playing some ub i'm uh, uh you know i'll uh, test a little less at playing tom obviously and we'll do a scrying gems episode once clash of kings comes out to do uh we'll break it down and then tonight i got a game scheduled with i talked to the adam ballard secretary secretary so i got a a game scheduled with the master so that should be fun going to play tonight on universal battle andy Patton challenged adam ballard for michigan gt but he did a really crappy job so we'll see how that goes i, I hope his game is better than his is a uh, challenge smack that's all i'll say awesome well cool brother remember as always keep counter charging thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on counter charge Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.